when we first went into the pandemic, um, it was really difficult to try and convince people to buy things sight unseen because they just didn't know where the real estate market would be trending. I think this year has been a little bit easier in a sense because they've known how strong the market's been and people have been missing out. So it's they've felt they've kind of had an edge if they're happy to buy things sight unseen. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Welcome to another episode of the Elevate podcast, where we delve into some of the most interesting minds in business and in real estate for the very best tips and strategies for you to implement to elevate your business. I'm Elevate podcast producer, Cass Charlesworth, and host of today's show. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Michelle Stevens of O'Brien Real Estate, Karen Downs. A regular award winner, Michelle was named the top residential sales agent for Victoria at the Area Awards 2020. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. And I will come back to that area win a little bit later. But I also hear that your office has picked up a recent award and that you've had a couple of accolades this year. So can you talk through what's been happening? Yeah, it's um, been a big year, which is um, exciting. So we've just, um, the office has just taken out the REIV um, Residential Large Agency of the Year for Victoria, which was super exciting. Um, I was a finalist for the sales agent of the year. I took out the previous two years. Um, so it's been awesome to make it three in a row, but um, it was super exciting. It's um, yeah, been quite a big year. With um, I took out as well the uh, the uh, realestate.com's agent of the year for Victoria too. Um, the rate my agent of the year for Victoria as well, which was extremely exciting. So um, obviously I wouldn't be able to get there with an amazing team behind me and all my clients and entrust their biggest assets in my hands. I'd love to talk about your team a little bit. We might jump straight into that because as I understand yeah. it, you, you have, is it both your husband and your sister as part of your real estate team? Uh, yes, my sister's not anymore. It was um, obviously a little bit too much. <laughs> um, but, you know, my husband, um, yeah, he is a part of my team and he has been for about three and a half, four years now. So that makes it really um, easy. So, because obviously we live and breathe real estate and work some pretty stupid hours. So to have someone kind of sitting at home just waiting for you or not kind of understanding does make it quite difficult. So to have someone that's always in the office with you and you're pulling some crazy hours is really helpful. And what role does he serve on your team? Um, he works a lot with buyers. So um, he's a bit of an all-rounder in a sense. But, um, yeah, so he um, works a lot with buyers. So he'll do a lot of buyer appointments, get some offers, and then hand them over to me to be able to negotiate. That's a fantastic way of handling it as a partnership. Do you talk about real estate all the time at home? Um, like a little, like, I think it's like the same in any, I mean, relationship, you'll always talk about work and how your day was because I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm sitting in the office, I'm not doing what I'm meant to be doing. Like I'm you mean, meant to be out there doing buyer runs myself and doing appraisals and you mean, your listing presentations and just always, if I'm sitting in the office, I'm not, you mean, I'm, so I actually don't really see him at work. So we get home at nighttime, like, how was your day? Anything new happen? And cause I'm never in the office. I'm like, what's going on? So um, I actually don't see him too much. <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit about what's happening in Karen Downs this year. Of course, Victoria's had a very tough year, but you've done very well in a very tough year. What's happening in your market at the moment? What's going on? 
Um, look, we've, you mean, it's definitely been a really strong year. We've had some amazing growth, especially in the last six months. It's still affordable. It's We get a lot of first home buyers that come to our area, investors. We also get upsizes and downsizes as well. So it's quite a really good cross selection. Um, I mean, my median sale price isn't, you mean, nowhere near as high as some of the other people that you probably talk to on here. So I do say small fish is sweet. So we do have quite a lot of, you mean, turnover, um, which is a lot of volume. So lots kind of that happen behind the scenes and everything like that. But I said before that, yeah, if you know, didn't have an amazing team, I wouldn't be able to do it because there's a lot of admin that does go behind the scenes as well. Um, but yeah, we've definitely had some really good capital growth. So we're not too far away from all your major freeways, you mean the beach, um, et cetera. So it's definitely in a growth corridor. Um, it's, you mean, it's still accessible to the city and also the peninsula. So it's in a really good spot. And what have you been seeing as we head towards the end of the year? I know that across the board, we're hearing there are a lot more appraisals happening, a lot more listings coming to market. Is that something that's that you're seeing in Caram Downs? Yeah, it's almost, I feel it's almost because of lockdowns, it's been almost like a delayed spring. So instead of you'll have, you mean your, your spring starting kind of a lot of people gearing up around that August, it's been delayed in a sense. So it was kind of starting more like your six weeks later. So it's definitely been a really big back half of the year with a lot of people trying to rush on to get a result before Christmas. Um, now it's just probably a little bit too close. So I think, I mean, a lot of we're gearing up for um, January. So kind of around that second, third, fourth week of January to be able to put new listings on. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been quite a big run home. I'd like to talk to you about managing that volume because you are quite a high volume agent. In 2020, I think you sold, what was it, 100 and 74 properties. This year already, it looks as if you've sold 264 and that'll probably increase by the end of the year. We're now in December, but we've got two weeks till Christmas. Um, so yep. how do you manage that, that volume? How does your team work to handle that? Yeah, so it's just having a really good system and good team behind you. Um, I'm the only one in my team that does appraisals. I'm also the only one that does negotiating. So every single one of those 270-odd properties, I negotiate out every single one of them. Um, I'm the one that does all the vendor management as well. So it has you've got to be quite structured um, to be able to organise everything but have a really good team behind you that, you mean, that are doing what they're meant to be doing because I don't have time to be checking on paperwork and things like that. Like, don't put me in front of the computer because it will block in front of my face. Um that's not what I'm yeah, <laughs> that's not what I'm here for. Um, so you mean it is making sure that you mean once I've listed it, you've got someone that it goes straight through to you have to book in your photos, your ad copy, etc. So that is um Jody that will do all my marketing side of things, getting properties ready to go to the market. Um, once it's on the market, then it's me communicating with the vendors, booking appointments, all my all the feedback, um, negotiating, etc. Once I've sold it, um, it will go through to Jay, which is my team leader, but she'll nurture that right through to um, the settlement process. So following up any finances, bank valuations, booking and final inspections, et cetera, to make sure that's all looked after as well. Um, I've also got um, my, also my husband that does all you know, like a lot of buy work as well. Um, Tamara, which is my EA, she will effectively run my life. Um, after you mean she'll manage all my emails because I said I'm not don't put me in front of a computer. She manages all my emails, babysits my phone if I'm in appointments. Um, that's something I actually implemented 12 months ago. I've had that role for the last 12 months, which has been a huge weight off my shoulders and has helped me actually. Um, 12 months ago, like I felt I was at capacity, and it's amazing to go what we've actually done in the last 12 months by putting that one that one role in that I never actually had. 
because if I'd finish an appointment, there's only so many appointments I could do during the daytime because I'd come out, I'd have all my missed phone calls, um, getting on top of things. But now if I've, my phone's being already babysat, I've only got, instead of having to return maybe 10 to 15 phone calls, it might be one or two ones that I actually need to attend to because I don't need to be talking to someone that's booking bank valuations and building a pest inspections and things like that. So everything can keep working in the background. So that's really helped me increase my volume. Um, I've also got um, a, I mean, the other Michelle that does bio work part-time for me too. Um, and I've also got Gemma, which is our junior role that will do building your pest, bank valuation stickers, client gifts and things like that. So um, we do have a really good team. It is a really well-oiled um, team as well. Um, but yeah, I couldn't do what I do without them. I love them to bits and they're I mean, an extension of me and I mean, they're my family. Do you have any tips for other agents who are starting to establish a team or looking to grow their team when it comes to who they should be looking for and what positions they should fill first? Um, look, I think where a lot of people go wrong is they want to employ someone that to do what they don't want to do. Um, you might not like doing it, but you might actually be good at doing it. So someone might employ someone to do door knocking, for instance, but you might actually be good at door knocking. So you should do the door knocking and get someone to maybe do the admin, like if you're not good at admin. So you've got to get someone that um, complements your weaknesses. Like no one's good at everything. You can't do everything yourself. I'm a massive advocate for that. Um, you mean, you've got to spend money to make money in a sense as well. Like a lot of people get really concerned about putting assistance on. Um, but you mean to be able to grow and expand, like you need to employ people, but always work out what your weaknesses are and then put that person on first in a sense. That's a really good point. I think often. Let, uh, and let go to grow. Like some people can't let go. Like it's, they don't want to let go of something. Um, is that going to be dollar productive? Do you need to be, you mean, do you need to be doing that in a sense? So who do you look for when it comes to filling the culture of your team? Do you have any tips on how you hire or who you look for? Um, look, it's, I think at the start, when you're just starting out, like it is obviously someone that you're going to work with, you mean well with, um, you're going to be spending so much time with that particular person as well. Um, but then when you do have a bigger team, it's really important for dynamic and understanding the dynamic of your team. If you've already got really big personalities, well, then maybe you need to look for someone like it might be a really good person for the role, but are they going to fit your culture and your dynamic of what you've already got within your team? Like if you've already got lots of big personalities, probably not wise to put, you mean, in like a third or a fourth big personality. And so maybe someone else that, you mean, is a little bit, you mean, more subdued. Or if you've got everyone that is subdued, maybe you do need a bigger personality. Like I do have, you mean, a fair few big personalities in my team. Um, we are looking at filling a role at the moment and knowing, you mean, how many big personalities we've got. We probably want someone that doesn't have as much of a big personality in a sense. So it's it's all about, you mean, working out the right dynamic for the team at that particular time. Because I said, you can, you can have, you mean, culture is really important like you spend so much time doing this that is very true uh, let's talk about this 2020 area that you received because um yeah. i'd like to focus on that a little bit because that was, I was a very shattered. we couldn't go to we, we couldn't actually go to darwin to celebrate like we had to do it by way of zoom so that was a little bit disappointing because it would have been amazing to be there how did you find out about it 
we did have to do the Zoom because we had Melbourne lockdowns and everything. Um, so just had, um, yeah, just did the Zoom um, and it was, yeah, extremely exciting. And in what ways did you use it after you'd received the award? How did you promote it? Did you use it as a promotional tool for your business? We did some Facebook boosting. Um, so did some Facebook boosting. Also did like Herald Sun um, ads with it to like to really target a different dem- demographic. So like you'll still have, you mean your print and your paper, you mean um, like customers and everything, but also through socials. Um, you mean letterbox drops, even though they're kind of a thing of the past in a sense. But look, we do get a fair bit of traction off them in our area. Um, and just really selling it in listing presentations. Like, um, you mean, this is this is my achievements. This is, you mean, at the end of the day, you're selling your biggest asset. Like, um, put it in the right person's hands in a sense. So I've really, yeah, tried to milk it as much as I can. <laughs> I'd like to talk through your stats for last year. As I mentioned earlier, you sold 174 properties in 2020. Uh, collectively, they were valued at around 113 million. Of course, Victoria was affected by COVID lockdowns during last year. What was your mindset and approach throughout the year to achieve those results? Um, look, I think if you don't believe, then no one else is going to like. No one's going to believe in it themselves. Um, I think the first lockdown, like when we first went into the pandemic, um, it was really difficult to try and convince people to buy things sight unseen because they just didn't know where the real estate market would be trending. I think this year has been a little bit easier in a sense because they've known how strong the market's been and people have been missing out. So it's they've felt they've kind of had an edge if they're happy to buy things sight unseen. Um, like, yes, it's definitely a challenge, but if you're not confident in a sense of, selling it well then the consumers aren't going to be you mean confident of listing the house and selling it sight unseen or buying sight unseen as well so we did do like the virtual tours with the owners um it was actually a lot of prep work for it so (laughs) gearing people up around it um making sure people have got the zoom links um also coaching vendors through actually how to do it on a friday i would spend hours of who we were doing the virtual open homes with and just making time with my vendors and coaching them through, making sure that we didn't have technical difficulties and I know how to rotate the camera. Just the things that you would go, oh, there's not going to be a problem, but like actually doing the test runs, like there was a lot involved in it. We had some really good results, um, got some amazing prices with it as well. Um, and we're you mean, able to move people onto the next chapter, whether it was, you mean, buying your home to move into or being able to sell and yeah, move on to that next chapter of your life. Well, let's talk about your results for this year because after that you upped the ante a lot. Um, yep. You've yep. sold an incredible 264 properties so far this year, as we mentioned, with an average price of 746000 I haven't done the maths on what that equates to, but I'm gathering that's a lot. Um, what strategies did you put in place to up the ante again? What were your goals at the beginning of the year and how did you reach them? Okay, so um, my like my real goal was I really wanted to um, reach four million dollars in GCI. Like that's what I really, really wanted to do. Um, we have just clicked over that, so I think we'll probably um, do that by a couple hundred thousand, which is extremely exciting. Um, so, but as I said, like I wouldn't have been able to go to that level without employing new roles and new people. Um, so we have definitely grown the team in the last 12 months. Um, so by putting that extra position that I've got tomorrow in now of pretty much being able to, like my you mean, person running underneath me, running my life with my, so my emails, looking off my phone when I'm in appointments, that has allowed me to kind of be effectively in two places at once. Like 
it's, you know I mean, it's like having a receptionist for, you know I mean, the office for your phone. Like my phone, I'll have 100 phone calls come through my phone on a daily basis. Um, so when I was, you know I mean, doing your five, six, seven appraisals in a day, having to talk to, you know I mean, 25 vendors, do any negotiating, then returning missed calls, like it was, I was at capacity. Like I had to have that. Um, that's what's really helped me go to the next level. I have to ask, what does your day look like now? Are you part of the 5am club or how do you structure your day? No, <laughs> I'm not the 5am club at all. No, 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 no. I'm, look, I always say I'm a really bad, I'm, I'm a bad example. Like I really am. I, um, yeah, people, yeah, I'm, I'm not your nine o'clock starter. I, I'm really not. Like you, you mean catch me by, you mean first appointment usually is 10, 10.30. Um, but you mean last night, you mean my last appraisal was at 8.30 at night. I'm rocking in at home at quarter past 10, um, eating dinner at, you mean, quarter to 11. So I'm the other end in a sense. And look, you mean our area, it is working. It's a working class area. Like you usually can't catch people. Like they don't have the luxury of, don't worry, we can pop home to see the sales agent at two o'clock and do the appraisal. Like majority of my appraisals, they will be a three, a 4.30, a six o'clock, a 7.30. Like if it's desperate and it's a really big, you mean like I will do an eight o'clock, I'll do a nine o'clock. I mean, work some pretty crazy hours. Um, I say to my vendors, if someone wants to buy a house at midnight, I will sell it at midnight. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not the five till seven. I'm more the... 10 to 12 kind of thing but it sounds that that's where your market yeah and you got to do what works for you as well like if I was getting up at five o'clock like I'd be no good when people actually need to see me that's a really good point because you're maintaining energies for that latter part of the day one of the standout features of your awards win was the volume of five-star reviews that you have uh in 2020 you had 59 five-star reviews and I'm sure that it, the figures vary this year. They've probably increased a lot. But what do you attribute that great feedback to? What are you doing behind the scenes to facilitate that? It's, it's customer service. Like it's, I'm, I'm a team. Like as I said, I cannot do what I do without my team. It's from start to finish, there's someone that will look after everything. But my vendors don't get handballed off to, like I'm not a director. Like I am just a sales agent. I do not own the business. Um, I'm like every other sales agent. There is nothing different about me. Um, so they, it's not like a director that they might list with them and they might get handballed off to a junior in the office. They don't. Like when I say my team, like I'm the sales agent, um, but I have people within my team to help me do what I do. So my vendors, they get all the feedback from me with all the buyer appointments, all the negotiating, it comes through from me. So it's not like when some of the other high volumes, like it will, I mean, they get there because they've got the, the junior agents that are helping prop up their figures or they've listed them and then they've got different people managing the campaigns. I manage all the campaigns. Um, so that's not feeling like, I think, the five stars attribute to like not feeling like they're maybe getting handballed off to someone else. Um, but they know that, you mean, there's people within my team that are you mean, getting the house ready for sale. Um, you mean, booking in the staging and photos. Like I don't need to be involved in that. That's not what I'm good at. Like that's not me. <laughs> um, but then once I've sold it, there's also someone that is nurturing it through to the settlement period. If they've got any questions and things like that, it's you chat to Jay because you mean Jay's booking in your final inspection and things. Um, so it's making sure that 
they don't just get listed and are forgotten in a sense. Um, I mean, they're selling their biggest asset at the end of the day and it's so important to give them the love. You mentioned in a previous interview that one thing that you would have gone back and done earlier is look after um, clients, past clients. You would have concentrated on that more heavily. What have you learnt and what have you changed? Yeah, so we've only in the last two years really started actually implementing like a after like year follow-ups just because, I mean, with the growth I've really had like in my 11 years of the real estate career, um, like the problem is, is like you're not, your people that you've had really good experience with and have given you the five-star reviews that might have sold through you five years ago or bought through you five years ago, not having the time to be talking to those people. Um, so in the last um, you mean two years, we've just implemented like your one-year anniversary gift, your two-year anniversary gift, your three-year phone call and things like that versus um, I've never done that. Um, so I'm a little bit bad. I don't like, and as you would have noticed in my running through my team, I don't have a prospector. Like I don't have someone that is out door knocking. I don't have someone that's calling my database and things like that. That's um, me in a sense. So if I do an appraisal, I'll do my follow-up. So I'm also doing that as well. So doing the follow-ups for, you mean, okay, we're not ready now, six months. I'll make a note in my diary. I'm paper. Like I'm not computer like it's notes in my paper diary of perfect I'll call you in three months time I'll call you in three weeks time I'll call you in one week um, and doing that you know follow up and I think that's also probably helped with my numbers that I do get um, because I'm pretty diligent with that. It sounds like it is being reflected in your numbers because that past client care and the fact it's paper-based is interesting as well we talk a lot about CRMs but it it's what works for the, the agent. hundred percent. Like a lot of people, and that's the thing, they'll look at things and go, that's the way that it should be done. Um, there's no right or wrong to this. Like everyone, just be yourself. Like just because something works for someone doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Like you've got to find your system that works for you and, and run with it in a sense. And just because it's not the normal way doesn't mean that it's the wrong way in a sense. It's right for you. Um, so I'm very big on that. Um, but like if you're, you just got to find what will fit. Um, but yeah, with the follow-ups, like if I was, you know, maybe more on top of my past client anniversaries and things um, for the previous years, we might've grown to these levels or you mean sooner or who knows where we would be at now, but you can't, you mean, you can't, you can't turn back time. No, I heard recently in a podcast, <laughs> Business is a bit like bamboo, like it spends, you know, five years underground growing and then just takes off really quickly. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all learn through making mistakes. 100%. <laughs> yeah, trial and error. <laughs> trial and error, definitely. How do you go about asking for reviews? So those those 59 plus reviews that you've got, um, how do you, when do you ask and how do you ask for them? Um, look, I personally don't ask. That's once again my team. That's once it's gone, you mean, unconditional and things um, because I think it's really difficult to kind of go you mean can you give me a review like you mean I think so it's you mean my girls will you mean do the following like oh, you mean it's really good for you mean Michelle to like majority of our businesses from you mean referrals as you know I'm going to send you through um, a review if you wouldn't mind filling in for Michelle like we really appreciate it and I know she'll really appreciate it too so it's actually third party that's asking for me um, I'm yeah, once again, you can't do everything yourself. Like, even though it sounds great and it's like, well, you should probably do this and you should do that. Like, I've 
you're physically, yeah, you've got to make sure you've got the right people within your team doing those things. Um, and, yeah, some people will ask for their reviews themselves um, and they might get better strike rates from it because they feel bad. I don't, I don't know, but that's what works for us. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Let's talk about the market moving forward because uh, we're seeing a bit of a shift at the moment. We're seeing more listings come to market, evening out in terms of supply and demand. Do you feel this market calls for a set of different skills in an agent? And if so, you know, what would they be? Um, 100%. Like, I think that the hard thing is that a lot of people maybe get into real estate for the wrong reasons. Um, they see the fancy cars and they see things like that um, and selling sunsets on TV and nice clothes and things. Um, it's not like I think a lot of people like to think it's a glamorous lifestyle. It's not like you, you mean, you live, you breathe it, you work. You mean to, you work stupid hours to get, you mean, where you mean a lot of people want to get to. Um, and the hard thing is, is when you're in a really good market, like you don't need to effectively sell, like they'll sell themselves. Um, but it comes down to the agent's negotiating skills that will make the difference at the end of the day by asking the hard questions and really going into push for that every last cent for the vendors. Um, but when we are in a changing market, it is asking the hard questions. It's, you mean, like, can you see yourself living here? Let's come back to the office. Let's put pen to paper. Like, let's make it happen. Um, you mean, I started an industry where it was, when I started in the market, when it was a tight market, you'd see someone on the shop front window, like back in the day, um, and you'd grab them. You'd bring them in. It's, what are you looking for? What have I got for you? Let's, you mean, let's go shopping. Let's make it happen. Um, so I think it's just kind of getting back to basics. It's, um You've got to buy a work with them. Like a lot of people, you mean, I, like just the amount of feedback you get from, you mean, people not, you mean, calling inquiries back and things like that. And that's also why it's important if you're at capacity, put someone on, like, because that is, that's a reflection on you. Um, so it's just making sure that you really work with those people. But yeah, 100%, I think next year will be interesting. So whether we're just going through the last six to eight weeks, things have opened up again, people can enjoy life and there's just less sense of urgency and Christmas and things and whether next year will come along and it's like, okay, cool, I've got it out of my system, I've enjoyed life the last two months and let's, let's buy a house. Um, we just don't know. Um, the market will always go up and it will always go down, but I mean, at the end of the day, it will always trend up. So do you have any top tips for agents when it comes to negotiating skills? Don't be scared to ask the hard questions. If they say they say no, say no one way, then ask them a different way. And if they say no that way, well, then ask them a different way again. Um, like I'm like a dog with a bone. Like um, people call me like I'm like a bulldog. Um, I won't. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> be persistent. Persistency. Persistency is, yeah, be persistent. Persistence is key. Excellent. And where to from here for you? What are your goals and plans for the next 12 months? Just keep maintaining what we're doing. Um, I would, yeah, like I'm not really, like I would love to do, said, I mean, this year I set my target of 4 million, um, which was just gone over. Like I'm not going to sit here and go, let's try and do 5 million. Like, because as I said, like you, you I mean, everyone's got a limit, everyone's got a capacity as well. Um, and I want, like, I don't, I don't want to lose kind of what I've got. Like, I don't want to, handball something off to someone else to negotiate or someone else call my vendors like because that's going to take away from where I've got to where I've got to so um, there's only so much you can do um, it's just um, staying consistent now um, just keeping doing what you're doing don't lose sight of that um, and you mean always customer service like 
everything is customer service in life. Like, you mean, you, your restaurant, you, you sit down, like you're greeted well, you've got great food there, you mean really responsive and like when you're leaving, like everything is a good experience from start to finish. It is no different with anything in life. Like you'll go to, you mean, a, a shop, like if the people there are looking after you, you're going to go back there, like just always look after your clients because then you will get your referral business, you'll get your repeat business and that's where you grow. Boards breed boards and you mean the problem is is if you have someone has a bad experience they'll tell everyone like everyone everyone will hear about it but if someone has a good experience they'll tell a handful of people all right but if you're looking after your clients and you can give them that great experience they will come back to you and they will tell their friends they'll tell their family and you will be like the choice agent like that's what you want that's excellent advice and on the note of advice we finish all our podcasts with this last question what one piece of advice or tip would you like to leave our listeners with today? Always be yourself. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not your cookie cutter real estate agent um, at all. I've always been myself um, and love what you do. Like don't, you I mean, give it your all, like give it your all, love what you do, look after your clients and, but just always be yourself because people live with people. Like this is a people industry. And if you're, I mean, if you're not yourself or you're trying to be someone else, you make, like people see through it. Like just, I mean, be respectful, if you, be respectful to your clients. Um, and, I mean, if you're at capacity, put someone on. Like don't be scared to grow. Like there is no right or wrong about it. There, there's no metrics about it of going, oh, well, you mean I shouldn't do that. Well, you mean you might need someone before someone else needs someone. And just because someone else didn't put someone on before they wrote a certain amount of money, like, you may, might need it because like me, you might be hopeless at paperwork and like don't want to do that. So <laughs> there is, as I said, there's no right or wrong. Like you've got to do what works for you. So Michelle, that's great advice. Michelle Stevens, thank, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, awesome. Good luck to everyone and bring on 2022. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast. With thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joinaliteagent.com.